Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, 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 it's helped me. All right, David Anthony, help me get Tim this. Tim Crisp, help me. Get this video started. Oh, this is uh, As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week uh, I watch an Alkaline Trio music video for the first time, and it looks like we're watching Wild Wild West, starring uh, Will yeah, Smith, we... Kevin Klein, and that guy. Yeah, I um rewatching this today. I remember when this video came out being like, "Oh my god, this is so bad." Oh, it is. But what, 12, 13 years on now, it's it's even worse. Um Cat Von D being a uh like the starlet, so to speak, and this is also like very it's such a time capsule. Yeah, now who is Cat Von D? Uh for she was the, the famous listeners at Kat- home famous tattoo artist who is on miami inc and then at the spinoff show la inc and i think has a line of cosmetics and i think is uh vaguely problematic lightly canceled i don't remember exactly for what because i don't really I- interact with those worlds much but uh uh-huh. you know she was a thing at the time wow so she's kind of like uh like the ed hardy of miami Yes, and then L.A. She famously, there was an episode of L.A. Inc. where Matt Skiba was on it, and she tattooed Hello Cleveland on his ribs. Whoa. That's kind of tight. Cleveland rocks. Yeah. Ohio. Oh, man, this is a bad music video. I really think that the music video is what really kneecapped this song, if I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. Because I don't hate this song. I don't yeah, love it. Yeah, it's not it. a bad song. But as in like it makes a lot of sense as the the single from this record, yeah. Um, but whoa, could you imagine hearing this and then seeing this video and being like, "Yeah, this is cool." Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, and oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, this is a vibe, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, were they? Were was this? term steampunk in vogue yet why is there like a pinball yeah i don't know this is this is rough um so if anyone is uh watching along at home uh you're watching the train go off the tracks and it's going it's going it's doing a nosedive off of the bridge i guess Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I like that the the uh, conductor's room. What do you call that in the on a train? Cabin. Uh, the cabin. Um, uh, it uh, wherever the conductors are, which is the band. Um, oh, he's this is oh, it's Independence Day. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, they're yeah the they're the room that they're in. It really reminds me of the music video for Iris. Mm-hmm. Where Johnny's oh, yeah. in that in that room with uh, all the telescopes. I also don't understand why the band is playing like they're like steel workers, like like they're on the top of that like unfinished building that they're working at. Like they're on break, but they're also on this train. Like yeah. I don't, wow. I don't know what it is. Well, this is real. On oh, they just 
made it out of the thing explosion. The the whole like carrying her through all of this is a rough look too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um so Matt Skiba, uh action movie star of uh two thousand and what eight when did that when did that record come out i think 2000 i mean that would track because he was in this music video and is in the background of the dark knight so you know really touches all bases yeah that's true and totally wild you know i like that movie the dark knight it's like it's it's cool you know it's like fine opinion to have why don't you put a smile on that face hey um so david anthony tim um, this is our podcast. It's called As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. We are here to discuss the Alkaline Trio song, Help Me, which had a music video. Um, this was from the band's sixth album, Agony and Irony, which came out on Epic Records. Uh, mm-hmm. It might make sense why they had a little bit more money for the uh, the green screen that uh, <laughs> yeah it also makes sense why they did not get to make a second music video of the that it required much work um because this one did not get the job done boy i wonder why um hey before we get into talking about the song itself i think that it is a good time for me to tell you face to face uh that you just wrote my favorite piece of writing that you've ever done without question and you published it today and it's in your newsletter Mm -hmm. it's the the piece about ham and cheese loaf being the superior deli meat yeah you know i came in and i said i said olive loaf and turns out i was wrong you were wrong wrong and i was right it's ham and cheese loaf now, if I'm if I'm if I'm to uh, break the fourth wall here a little bit, um, David and I get along quite well, um, and all of the uh, times that I am saying like, "Oh no, David," oh, it's just a bit. I don't know if I don't know if that's like disrupting anybody's enjoyment of our podcast, as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, but um, David and I met kind of for the first time. Uh, at the beginning of 2017 when I interviewed him for Better Yet, and we talked in my kitchen for about an hour Mm -hmm. before we actually started doing the interview. And David at that time was editor at the AV Club, and I was like, this David Anthony, dude, he is writing about the bands that I like, and he's doing it on a dope platform. And... You still had so much to say, and mm-hmm. I feel like the from that point until Saturday night when you sent me that piece, I was like, this is what David's been building towards the entire time I've known him. It felt good. It felt good to put that one out there. Uh, people seemed shockingly excited by it, is the way I would describe the response to it, so that was cool. Um, if you want to read it, yeah, just head on over and give it a whirl. Um, davidanthony.substack.com. Yes. And then the publishing platform of the future today. Uh, <laughs> you know, because I'm an individualist, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> to get back to the matter at hand, uh, this album came out in the time period in which I was discussing in an article, 
and man, did this land like a flop with a scene that I think was really primed to receive a new Alkaline Trio record. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunate is the only word I could think of. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like Alkaline Trio has had a very unique arc in that they have managed to grow. I I would say up until Agony and Irony, they really went through a couple different evolutions where they were able to retain such a solid percentage of their fan base um the originals i think that obviously when you get into from here to infirmary and good morning there's a drop off but i feel like they really threaded that needle quite well and you saw crimson as you know maybe it was a continuation of that maybe it was a different step into evolving and growing into something bigger and Mm. this is the point i think for a lot of people including myself where they just didn't stick the landing yeah they really did not um but that notwithstanding i have always enjoyed this song not like oh my god i love it but I, this was the first single, I, or the first song I heard was In Vain when they played it live, and I was like, oh, mother of God, no. <laughs> so then hearing this was kind of like, oh, okay, that's like pop rock alkaline trio. That's not that bad. Um, listening to it today, I do still really fucking hate that, like, I don't even know what the, I don't know what instrument it is that's like, it's almost like that chimey bell's like, like like fucking like weirdly like church bell version of Warbrain. i don't like that um you know what that is that's actually somebody just hitting the space bar to the beat (laughs) yeah that's the metronome they left in um (laughs) so i don't love that but Mm -hmm. i think the verses are pretty strong um like almost surprisingly solid for what this album is and what a lot of this material is where it is a very cleaned up polished version of the band, but I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still see all the key components. Derek's, Derek's putting little fills in at the end of each measure. You know, it, it's, it's got that little kind of like, you know, that very signature Matt Skiba riff. Um, I think the pre-chorus kind of derails it a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll use a lot of train metaphors because the video is like steampunk Thomas the Tank Engine. I don't really know what the fuck they were doing. Dude. Um, that... But the chorus I actually think is also pretty solid. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, like, it's not great, but it's like meant for radio play. And if I heard that on the radio, it would make me be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this song is just kind of like, it's like, Half pretty decent ideas and then half, like, okay ideas that are executed poorly. Uh, It's also about Ian Curtis, which is another thing we'll get into shortly, but that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, It is, it's a, it's a good song. It's a fine song. Um, Mm -hmm. It just doesn't really have any life to it. I think that that's the hardest part of listening to it is that there's just, you know, seemingly no, like major dynamic shifts that you can actually feel in the music 
it's very produced for radio where it's supposed to like get your attention and then maintain attention the whole mm-hmm. way through. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think that I have, it, it, it's an interesting song to listen to at this very moment. Uh, while, um, the, uh, indie music Twitter verse is, uh, <laughs> losing their eating minds. itself yeah yeah uh thank god um in some ways but uh uh yeah did you see so do, oh this will we'll leave it on the podcast do you see dan's really good tweet from like an hour ago no oh you should it's uh, yeah tell me anyway. tell me i'm here i'm here you have to see it it's it's right. image based um, sure um, look it up after uh so my like my appreciation for pop music and my like compartmentalizing of pop music, that brain is very there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when I listen to this, I think about the way other pop music exists in my brain where it's just like, it's fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Um, it just, you know, you can listen to it and you can, like, appreciate, like, what they did to this song to make it work in that space. Um, and they did, like, an okay job, uh, but that's about all I can say about it. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the thing where it's, like, I feel like this song is totally fine, like, good enough. Um the the you know when i mentally think of it i'm like it's it never a song i want to put on but i'm not like oh my god this is the worst alkaline trio song this isn't even the worst alkaline trio song on this record um but it is one of those where it's like ah that didn't really hit it and i just think like it's just one of those stories where it's like i think the record isn't strong enough to have ever really kind of cracked through mm-hmm. um but i also think the choice of singles was pretty poor like this in vain i found a way like I found a way is probably the one i like the best Mm-hmm. But even then, I don't think that is the one of the strongest singles. Um, yeah. So it's just there's a lot of missed opportunities, and I really feel like the image that they decided to go with for this music video probably put a lot of people off. Dude, I would love to dig a little bit more into that music video because the <laughs> the fact that you said Tomic Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Um, you ever have that, those moments where you like say something out loud and you're like wait no that's not it kind of like when you Thomas s- the train man yeah <laughs> but it was like that train has eyes that's not <laughs> what you want <laughs> well it's just like there's also the scene where I think it's Derek riding in that fucking gyroscope motorcycle where you're just like <laughs> with like a bowler hat and goggles and you're just like ah uh, huh and like alright if you're in a steampunk cool but that was like never really this man's aesthetic, and they yeah. never really committed to it. Like I don't, what? <laughs> I it's odd. It's a very odd situation. One time, um, one time a band played at my house in college around this time, and they were was it the Alkaline Trio? <laughs> no, but that would have been it cool. Was, it was a a folk punk e type band. And they were really like 
they were really dressed up like they were extras on the set of this video and i will never forget one of them had a um like a wash tub base you know with the stick and the, yeah, and the yeah, bucket yeah. and the string and he had a cigarette in his mouth the entire time and he just spent the entire set just like squinting his eyes because cigarette smoke just went straight up into oh my god and i'm like what are we doing here what yeah. are we doing here with that hat and the, the the whole ensemble yeah i mean that tracks with what uh we're watching here or watched here i guess um but to turn it to the lyrical focus uh lyrics aren't great um however i guess i just want to talk to you like what do you care about Joy Division? Is that like a band that like you give a fuck about? Yo, so this is kind of an interesting thing and I I've been um I've been trying to put this feeling into into terms lately um but it's the fact that do I care about Joy Division? Not really. Mm-hmm. Um and I I feel like I wanted to. And yeah, I feel I, like everyone wants to. I, I think that there's like, I think that the parts about Joy Division that I like were the things that New Order expanded upon. Yeah, I mean, I've always been more of a New Order guy. I will say, like, I definitely tried to get into Joy Division as I feel like everyone does. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not going to disparage them or take away their place in the the canon, but I think it's well established enough where I can say I don't like it that mm-hmm. much and it doesn't really matter. And I think like even hearing the difference between ceremony, the what was the last joy division song and then how that got reframed into new order. It's just a real step up mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I think that like I have, I had a joy division shirt and I actually have the box set still, and those were gifts that I was uh, that I asked for in high school. And I, you know, I like I like some of those songs, um, but I never really like I never got as into it as I think I wanted to. And mm-hmm. as I look back, kind of the reason that. I wanted to get into Joy Division was because of Ian Curtis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a cult of personality to him that I think is at least hard to deny. Mm-hmm. You know? I think um, Joy Division's contributions are... Uh, actually, there's there's two that I think are extremely important uh, for all music moving forward, and that's... Um, that's the bass playing mm-hmm. of Peter Hook mm-hmm. and um, and the aesthetic of those albums mm-hmm. and and the seven inches. Those factory records uh, releases look fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, they were very image based and very image conscious. And I think they had a better aesthetic put together in the early days of that kind of like post-punk sound mm-hmm. more than their contemporaries um but they're definitely not my bag he's that de- there's definitely a romanticism to the whole thing definitely a tragedy to the whole thing yeah. um but yeah i think it's just something that to me new order expounded upon 
and, and, and did so in much more creative and interesting ways. Yeah, and I think also like the movie Control really mm-hmm. kind of, um, I don't know if it intended to, but it really poked a lot of holes in the uh, the worship of him because he was such a bastard. Yeah, well, and I mean, oddly enough, that's what uh, Maskeba cites as being what this song was based around. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was in, in typical Matt fashion, not so much the man, but a Booker movie about the man. <laughs> uh, um, but I, I mean, I do think that movie is interesting. Like, yeah, you know, like I think that stuff is. It's well done. It's it's an interesting biopic for that reason. And it was kind of coming out like at a weird time where like I feel like that was one of the first biopics I can remember about like something that felt within the world I cared about. You know what I mean? Definitely. Where it wasn't wasn't the big bopper. Right. And, you know, like it was kind of like, oh, like they're actually making movies about this shit now. I like I know Sid and Nancy happened, but that's also like a it's a long more time of a, ago, too, yeah. And also more of a murder story than mm-hmm. anything. Um, so I remember there was a there's a New Order documentary. I can't remember what it's called, but they play a scene from, uh, like, it was like a game show. It was a talk show with New Order on it that had, like, a game show element to it. So everybody was behind, like... Um, you know, like uh, stands with buzzers, and then the host was reading off questions, and the host said, um, "Who's the laziest member of New Order?" And one of them, one of them beeps, and he says, "Ian Curtis." <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, my my uh, my joke for a lot of years has always been that I wanted to start a post-punk themed weird owl tribute band and it would be called new hors d'oeuvres mm-hmm. um <laughs> but that has never happened obviously i do think that there's a lot to be said about the fact that interpol was so cool in true 2001 2002 they were just doing joy division and i think that they really raised the profile of that band and i think that i happened upon it at the perfect time to be like yeah cool totally and i mean i mean i think it's one of those things where it's like obviously we've not been uh praising joy division really at all here but uh (laughs) i mean i think it's also like sometimes being first doesn't mean you did it best um and i really do think they kind of suffer from that in that like they're a band that existed for a very short time. Mm-hmm. When you look at their contemporaries or bands that were even close to them in that world, um, a lot of them, it would take a few releases and a few years to really kind of crystallize their sound. Yeah. And they didn't get that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, that's really true. Like, if it was if it was The Cure, I mean, you know, we probably wouldn't be talking much about anything other than a couple singles. Although, mm-hmm. I love 17 seconds and that's well known but let's true get, true let's get back to the trio um this is uh god yeah this is a song that it's just it's hard i think to find anything that i can latch on to that really helps me like form an opinion it it kind of just is yeah, I mean, it's a song that, like, I think I maybe only saw them play it once, like, right around when the tour support 
like the, the tour supporting the album happened. And I think it goes back to what we've been saying a lot of the times is that like a lot of their singles don't hit and then they're like, well, fuck that. Like, I think mm-hmm. they get a bad taste in their mouths with certain songs. And I think this song is that I think it is one that has the potential to pop a little more live and be a little more dynamic because it does feel very brick walled in terms of the mastering mm-hmm. um, where it's just like everything loud. Um so I, I, I do think this is a song that in a live setting I feel like I could kind of get down with, but I just don't really care. Um, and I don't think they really care. <laughs> this is not one that they've tried to, like, redeem at all, you know? Yeah, and I feel like, um, God, this, that video has to just, there's no way that they finished up with that thing and were like, oh, this is awesome there's just no way. So I would want to distance myself from that too. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, it's incredibly rare that a career as long as theirs does not have some embarrassing faux pas in him. Mm -hmm. And like, this is one of them. Um, And that just is like, I, I, I think a lot of the stuff around this record really is. And, you know, I think some people could really like clown on the imagery and like the way they dressed around Crimson. Mm-hmm. But like, at least that was matching the aesthetic of what they're doing. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is it. It's, uh, I, I'm glad I don't have to watch that video again. I think yeah. I'm going to though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's weird. I, I like, I just really can't get over how 2008 that feels, you yeah, know, absolutely. Like, and, and that's usually a bad sign is like music videos don't always necessarily have to age well. Cause really they are a promotional tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think even this coming out in 2008, it was a couple years really after like, you know, not to rehash a tired argument, but like MTV was really not shown videos. Then I think fuse and much music were like kind of dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so there really wasn't even like, you know, like on Crimson, I could see those videos on MTV too and like, you know, Fuse, but I was definitely not seeing this anywhere other than online. Yo, and like compare this to fucking the Fallout Boy videos that were coming out and or oh. even like Rise Against videos yeah, totally. like yeah. like the, you know, theirs were, you know, mostly performance based, but they weren't like too fucking goofy. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, and I think like that really does make a difference. Uh, you know, this almost feels like the like atrocious AFI Miss Murder video, but again, that was a fucking hit song. So who am I to say? No one. Mm-hmm. What do you rate it? I give it, uh, three trains out of five. Give it a two. Um, yeah, I think I would have given it a two and a half, but that video can't just can't are we getting soft are we getting so- i, I feel know. like if we did this song episode 14 i'd be like yo fuck this i think i would follow about the same place i've always felt kind of the same way about this song but i also love a disaster so that video kind of because it's so bad mm-hmm. just makes me like the whole thing a little more <laughs> maybe that's a good way to think about it two and a half Two and a half. Two and a half. Lock it in. All right. Remember those days when I was like, yeah, I'll just piss everybody off, and then I'd send you a screen cap of a one-star review, and be like, what? 
Why? Why did they do this to me? Um, hey, this is our podcast. It's uh, it's called As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. His name is David Anthony. He is one of the best music writers on the planet Earth. You should subscribe to his newsletter, davidanthony.substack.com. If you all are looking for something else to listen to this week, we got Life's Work, a podcast about Laura Stevenson. Uh, That is... Episode 2 is coming out on Wednesday, and it features Jeff Rosenstock along with Laura and her husband, Mike. And you guys ever talked about the Alkaline Trio? We actually, episode 3 is going to be specifically about the Alkaline Trio. Oh, good, good. Um, or maybe episode 4, because we're talking about, like, you know, the, the time when they had the second guitar player. But mm. we'll figure mm. that out. For now, episode 2, uh, Jeff Rosenstock is on lots of great stuff. Lots of great discussion about punk and ska. And Hell yeah. I am uh, very, very excited to unleash that on the world and say, fuck y'all, ska's cool. So it's Hell yeah. Um, and Road to the Skeleton Coast with me and Brendan Kelly is also available wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast has a Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were our patrons voted this song as the one that we talked about this week and that's pretty cool because that's what we do over on patreon patreon.com slash as you were we give people the opportunity to vote on what songs we talk about and it's got to be like the coolest thing ever we also did a, a recent episode uh about a smashing pumpkin song that we yes both like and we'll probably do more of those because that was super fun but either way we'll be back here on the normal feed next week as always talking about the alkaline trio we look forward to it thanks folks. <laughs> <laughs>